picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Positive Living Vibrations with myself, Sarah Troy, and my guest today, Lynn Lynn Dempsey. Now, reading is something that's extremely important to every living person. And reading is something that really helps keep a child living in their diva. The ability to dream, to be inspired, to have vision, and to aspire to something in life. Reading helps children really ignite their imagination, but it's also the most wonderful learning tool. It's something that when you inspire them, and there's creativity around it, and they have a wonderful vision of what's going on, and they aspire to know more or learn more, it is something that stays with them and becomes the building blocks. Lynn has taken it a little step further and put some beautiful illustrations to some words and created a book, uh, two books in actual fact, that are really help children love reading. One is called Take the Dog Out. And it's all about these doggies and the things that they do. And the kids get to count how many dogs there are and uh, how many barks they have and where the hidden bones are. And there's something to look for on every single page. This is something that is a delight to read to your children. But it's also something that they can take great confidence in learning to read for themselves. She's also got another book out about numbers, and that uh, will be coming out, or I believe is out now, or coming out very, very soon. So, children don't want to just sit there and hear a humdrum story. They like the illustration, the voice, the pictures, the excitement. They like to feel they're interactive with it. And reading is really a part of that imagination that keeps a child growing forever. And we always need to keep it ignited, always wondering what is possible, what's around the corner, and how can we be a part of it. So welcome to the show, Lynn. Thank you. And thank you for writing such a cute little book, uh, or books, should I say. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and you know, it is beautifully simple, um, but beautifully illustrated. It's something that's so easy for a kid to really enjoy and relate to. What made you go down this path? What was your journey into writing this book? Uh, into writing this book? I, I have always uh, wanted to write. I remember doing it as a kid. Um, I wrote for my college newspaper. I did press releases for the nonprofits I worked for. And I was a correspondent for local newspapers. Uh, about five years ago, I became more serious about writing a book uh, because I was sitting with my daughter and reading a book. And I thought, I can do this. I can write a book. And then reality set in. It was a lot harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> and I attended a lot of conferences and classes and book editors. And about four years ago is when we got Coconut, our addition to the family. Coconut is a little multi-shot, and she was a very energetic puppy, and she <laughs> loved to go for walks constantly, and she also loved to shred newspaper, mm-hmm. and I saw her in this pile of shredded newspaper, and that's where the Take the Dog Out story was born, when I saw her in, in that mess of newspaper. Because, you know, although they're extremely destructive, they're very cute at doing it, and this is why they get away with it. As as kids will do, right? You know, they're in the garden covered in mud eating worms. Um, <laughs> you know, so, and that's what makes them so absolutely adorable. But So you've taken, um, so she was your muse uh, in many ways, just watching her gave you all the ideas. Yes, yes. But she's a cute um, little thing in the illustration, definitely. Yes, so, uh, the illustrator is Mandy Newman Cobb, and she just does a, a wonderful job. I'm thrilled. And did she catch, uh, caught the true essence? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you could see the mischief in the face. <laughs> um, you know, puppies and, and cats and animals, it's something kids relate to so well, isn't it? 
and you know yeah. um, they're intrigued by it and I think a lot of it is is they see themselves in the animal and and there is a trust and a love that's there that is really kind of unspoken yes yes you're right so it helps children really kind of relate very much to what an animal is doing so using animals to tell the story I think is a wonderful idea um, because of that you know and then also they can look at their own animals and see those animals doing those things and it and then it becomes even more of a story for them doesn't it yes yes they can they can relate to the dog mm-hmm. and they can relate to the, the children because the story is it's a, it's about a family who's just too busy to take their dog out they're all involved in their own little things that they're doing and when that family ignores the barking uh suddenly baking pans are flying through the air coffee splashes <laughs> on the carpet grandma gets wrapped up in toilet paper and eventually the family decides that taking a walk outside together is a, as a family is what they all need mm. um so that's that that togetherness that getting out it you know it's it's and the, the dog's leading the leading the way to it mm-hmm uh, so the dog is teaching the lesson in many ways, which um, yes. they do. They do. Do not ignore these four-legged little creatures. They have a lot to teach <laughs> us, and uh, and they and you know they do it so innocently. Um, my son has two French uh, bulldogs, and mm-hmm. one of them is deaf, and uh, but she's you know she's really you can communicate with her quite well now, and she's really got to be settled down. But they have a seven-month-old puppy, who's into mm-hmm. chewing everything. And chewing everything means chewing the house, like, oh. you know, sideboards and things like that. I mean, it just, I don't know what this dog thinks of, but, it, you know, chews the walls, chews anything he can get hold of. It's just a nightmare. So, oh, no. <laughs> and uh, so, yes, he gets taken out a lot. <laughs> but, you know, I think when we look at children and we look at animals, you know, they... Um, the way they learn, although animals do it so much quicker, um, you know, it's, it's it's quite intriguing, isn't it, when we watch them? Because we learn as adults, we relearn things in a different way, in a different perspective. I, I think you're right, absolutely. You know, we absolutely. learn through them. And, it, you know, it becomes something that I think we lighten up on ourselves and kind of mm-hmm. learn to laugh as you say pots and pans and toilet paper and everything going flying well after you finish kind of going ah you know, <laughs> um you, you know you have to sit back and laugh at it because you know what else are you going to do <laughs> um in the in the picture book there's um after all the disaster and it has the entire family just kind of looking at the dog and like oh no what are we going to do and uh the little girl picks up picks up the puppy dog and just gives it a, a nice hug and says, we love you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that I, we, Mandy and I called that the unconditional love page. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because of, of that, that love there, you know, they're, they're, you know, part of your family. It's like uh, one oh. of your children. Things are going to happen, but yes, they're part of your family. I mean, things are going to happen with your children. I mean, that's life, Absolutely. you know, so, you know, these are your four legged kids. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it only takes, you know, a, Animal people who are, don't own animals don't understand that. The moment you have an animal, um, you know, cat, dog, horse, you name it, uh, you know, then then you truly understand that unconditional love. Um, because you know, cat and a dog, especially a dog, they just give their all to you, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. In complete trust. And so it's horrible when we hear, you know, that trust being broken. But, you know, they do do things sometimes to to cause exasperation. And, (laughs) and, you know, I think also this type of book also teaches kids to respect the animals as well. That, you know, being naughty is, you know, they're naughty too sometimes. uh, But why are they being naughty and, you know, what are you going to do about it? I think, you know, it teaches them so much more as well about how to kind of care for animals. Yes, yes, exactly. exactly. So they learn to, to count the barks and hide the bones. And, um, you know, what age demographic is this uh, book for? In general, it's for ages three through, five, three, through, three through five, excuse me. It's for preschoolers and kindergartners. It's for children who are just learning to read. So the book includes repetitive text, sight words, and then they can count the barks and find the hidden dog bones. 
Uh, my goal is to get the kids have fun while they learn. Uh, I want them to, I want to help build their confidence in their reading skills. And I'm getting emails and, and, and back about that, which is wonderful, you know, that they suddenly they can read. So it's nothing that, that's too taxing. They, they repeat the words and they, they laugh, and that's all I wanted, mm-hmm. for them to laugh and repeat the words. And it's an interactive story, so they can go back and, and I get uh, comments that they, they keep going back and they've gone through it maybe five times in one sitting because they can always find, find something new and that the kids are enjoying it. They're having a good time with it. So, Do you find that children actually do learn so much better when there's a visual to it? Oh, absolutely. And if you can make them laugh, mm-hmm. if it's not a chore, yes. and if you can make them giggle, then it's, it's not for them. It's, it's not, oh, I have to learn how to read. They want to do it, and they're having a good time, and it just happens in the process. That's my belief in it. I I agree with you, and I wish there had been more of these kind of books around when I was young. I was a very late bloomer when it came to reading. Um, I have a touch of dyslexia. But uh, most of it was is that, um, you know, the books that they were wanting me to read uh, were as boring as hell. And, uh, you know, they just didn't capture my attention, so my my mind wandered. And, uh, you know, they didn't have any relativity to, to any of my interests. And so, you know, it just wasn't something that kind of captured me. But when I, you know, discovered uh, romance novels when I was a teenager, you know, then I couldn't read enough uh, because it was something that, you know, captured my (laughs) my attention. But, you know, I have a friend that says, you know, um, people trying to get him to read Jack and Jill. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, well, I don't care about Jack and Jill who went up the hill to get a pail of water. You know, what's that to me? <laughs> you know, uh, pick a subject that you know the child is going to like or that it has an interest in, right? Absolutely. I, and I saw with my children the frustration, um, you know, and if they were trying to read and, and, you know, we have to read tonight and, and it just like collapsed on the bed. Oh, I don't want to do it, you know. Yeah. But there were uh, some stories out there that were more simple and suddenly to see gaining confidence as they did that. And I, I wanted to do that, more of that for children because mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's needed. I mean, you know, also the books, you know, back in my day, we, you know, there will be small print and, of course, no pictures to go with it. Um, I was very much into the, um, uh, oh, gosh, it's so far back I can't remember, but, you know, the, <laughs> you know, the, the famous five. And, and it was all to do with kind of, you know, adventure and intrigue and, you know, mystery, which I always loved. And so that kind of got me into the reading. But, you know, we had manuals back then um, where you would have almost like your comic strip, uh, Rupert Bear and, and Diane, and um, these were all in England, and I'm not sure if they came over to North America. But the storyline would go along with the pictures. And I found that so much more, you know, you know until I got to a different level so much more intriguing because as a child you don't always know what the words mean but if there's a picture there a child can work it out yes exactly so you're actually allowing them to unravel their own understanding yes yes and I hope that fun and that that, um, joy uh, continues so they continue uh, reading with that kind of excitement and other books and bigger words and, and, and go forward with that, with the confidence that they need mm-hmm. to do that. And, you know, reading is something that we have to do in life, um, you know, uh, and it's a very, very important thing to be able to read. But, um, you know, at the same time, it is a wonderful escape. Um, you know, look what Harry Potter did, you know, for reading. Yeah. You know, a whole bunch of kids that hadn't read in so long because they're into the video games and into videos, and suddenly, you know, there was a book that just blew them out of the water. And I'm a nerd. I read every one of them and loved them. Oh, um, same here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, there is nothing like being curling up with a good book and, uh, you know, just getting lost in it, isn't it? Getting lost in the imagination of it and seeing where Absolutely. it takes you. So if we can give that to children early in life, it really becomes something that kind of uh, keeps that diva going, the ability to dream, you know, keep the inspiration going, having that vision to, you know, what is possible, always thinking out of that box, you know, what can happen. And then, of course, we always want people, especially our children, to aspire to something in life. 
And the only way they're going to have that inspiration to aspire to something is through using their imagination and having it linked to something that becomes something meaningful to them. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, it, it just opens up the world for them. Yeah. They can, can read. There, there's so many, so many things they can do then. Imagination or, or, or just even technology. You know, reading yeah. about that. There's so much. And if, they, if they're willing to do that, they can, they can go anywhere. As long uh, as they have the t- to do it. And, and the thing with animals, because it's, um, you know, who doesn't love an animal? Um, you know, it, and it generally... Uh, most households have them, if not the neighbors do, you know, become something that um, they can really relate to, isn't it? Because, you know, it's um, these cute little animals doing what they're doing. It always brings out, I have a dog. Whenever I go to a coffee bar, there are always children that are wanting to come over and pet her. And this, <laughs> you know, and which I'm sure you've, you've got a Coco and yes. uh, I have a Kokomo after the Beach Boys <laughs> song. And, uh, you know that's the thing about an animal, isn't it? It's it's inviting, isn't it? So yeah. the animals invite you to be interactive with it. Absolutely, absolutely. And it was so much fun. We've we've been to school, had school visits, and to have the children come up and talk to Coco and pet her. And, <laughs> and uh, later, the the principal told me she said, you know, at the end of the year, we asked children what was their favorite part of the year that they enjoyed doing. And some of those children said, having uh, Mandy, the illustrator, and myself come in and, and being able you know, to see Coco, that Aww. was top on their list. And I right. thought that was, you know, the connection was there. I thought that was really beautiful. And does Coco know that she's a celebrity? No. <laughs> <laughs> have, uh, have you not told her because, you know, it might go to her head or what? <laughs> <laughs> As long as we have the food out on time and she takes her walks. Yes, and there's a juicy <laughs> bone now and again, yes. Uh, and, of course, yeah. just loving the attention, right? So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, um, again, is there something about an animal that, you know, it captures a child's trust? Um, you know, they can talk to animals the way they can't talk to humans. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's, a, again, that invitation, I think, to be interactive, which is so beautiful. But I see that you've also used animals in, um, in numbers as well. Yes, yes. Our, the numbers book uh, has been out, and it's counting up to 10. It's, it's helping kids help Coco and her neighborhood friends count from 0 to 10 and then back down to 0, and they can count, um, sub add, add and subtract in the book and plus they can count all the bones so it's a it's a fun it's a fun book and it's it's helpful with with the add addition and subtraction for children and the basic numbers there which is the you know common denominator to everything and uh, don't you find kids pick these things up so quickly when they're engaged oh i'm just i'm just amazed all the time all the time and i i think how young they are and they can just they're so smart. They're yeah. so amazing. <laughs> they really are. <clears throat> I mean, the thing is about a child is they're a sponge. And, you know, mm-hmm. especially as they say, what, to the age of a, uh, age of seven, uh, you know, that's that brain development of um, how open and um, willing they're going to be receiving. And, you know, when you look at little kids, I mean, look at them with technology. You know, I mean, they can, there's that great uh, poster on, on Facebook where there's a kid of about four and he's uh, you know got a phone in his one hand and he has his hand on the top of the head and the caption says grandma it's the button on the side of the computer just pressing you know <laughs> and you know we laugh but really you you put a computer in front of a kid and they're just off and go they just seem to know how to work it out so I think we underestimate our children and how how fast they can learn yes yes they they amaze me Amaze me. The little kids I, I run into with this, and and also my own children, which are one just turned fourteen, my son Cole, and my daughter Eve. Will uh, she's twelve, and I, I just I'm just amazed at all that they know, <laughs> and how much more they know with yeah. the technology. But uh, my son has to help me all the time. I'm like, what do I do now? <laughs> yes, most certainly. And you know, for them, it's like just you just do this, that, etc. And it's a uh, literally the wiring that way i mean you know we are um 
we only use a small capacity of our brain. Um, but I think it's the more open our mind is, uh, the better we know how to use our brain. Yeah. And, you know, reading is something that opens up our mind. And, you know, the, the brain is, is the CPU. It's the computer. It's the hard drive. And the mind is all that data that goes into it, you know, all the pro- the software and the programming. And, you know, when we get children really, um, you know, happy to, to open up their minds and go on a journey and discover and, you know, and not put barriers of them of limitations, you know, we're actually creating future human beings here that are going to run the world who with open-mindedness and, you know, care and uh, respect and consideration, you know, hopefully will be the people that will bring about that peace that we have been uh, alluding so far. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So we've got the two books. Are there any more books to come out? Uh, we have another one that Mandy and I are working on. Uh, it's called Colors. Uh, it's involving colors, and uh, Mandy just sent me an illustration last night, and I was just, Mandy, wow. It, it's one of those pictures. It's, a, it's sort of, a, of a meadow and cocoa there and all these beautiful wildflowers. And I said, Mandy, it's just like I want to walk. It's one of those pictures, like a painting you want to walk into. Yeah. It's just one of those. And I was like, oh. So I'm really excited about this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about all of them. But. Yes. So you keep outdoing yourself and just keep growing with it and kind of creating a series which you can. Are you staying with that demographic of that young age? Uh, for this, uh, yes. I, I do have a middle grade that I've been working on for now for five years. <laughs> so, so hopefully I'll get that out as well and uh, continue to grow with, with all these things. It, it's all has happened I've been looking at, uh, well, I told you, uh, I started five years ago with really getting more serious about writing, and, and Coco came into our lives about four years ago, and then two years ago, I I had been trying to get my writing done and working on that, but two years ago, I had a pulmonary embolism, uh, where I had a, a blood clot in my lung and was life-threatening, and I'm fine now, but at that point... It, it, it was a wake-up call for me to, uh, I was constantly looking for someone else's permission yes. to get on with, with my writing to take the next step. And I thought, I don't know how much time in the world we all have, mm-hmm. and why am I waiting for someone else's permission at this point? So I took back the control. Bravo, and, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I uh, sought out a developmental editor for my middle grade, and I was going, it was going so well, but... At the same time, I was tackling the Take the Dog Out series with Mandy, and it, it was it was just so much. I had to, to back off in the, on the middle grade for the for the time being, but it's the first book came out in December, and uh, I've I've just been amazed that Take the Dog Out and Numbers have been on Amazon's bestseller list, and just the feedback and everything has has just been overwhelming. It's wonderful, and you know. I encourage other people too. You know, if you have a dream and you want to go yes. for it, go for it. Don't let let your fear hold you back. Go for it. Well, I mean, th- this is what you know. I say I interview divas, and you truly are a diva. You know, you had that dream. You were inspired to fulfill it. You saw the vision for it, and so you, your aspiration was to complete it. And you know, we talk so much on these shows about permission. And, uh, you know, kids today don't seem to need that permission. They just go and do. <laughs> you know, but uh, an older generation, you know, we're still looking for that permission to um, follow a dream, to place importance upon ourselves, um, which is very different to self-importance, which is ego and insecurity driven. The importance is, you know, learning to love and value and respect your gift and what you're here for. And take care of yourself because you can't take care of anybody else if you don't take care of yourself first. And, you know, through your, you know, preliminary, um, I'm not even going to say it. You know, through that, it gave you the understanding of your diva to follow it through. But it also uh, helped you understand it is now that we have. And if we live each moment you know, uh, in that now, it takes care of tomorrow. There are so many people that are working for tomorrow and they forget about the gift of the present. And you, this gave you the gift that 
this is your now, this is what you're meant to do, this is your purpose. So what we call that is the hatchet in the head. You probably had some <laughs> hints along the way that said you need to write you know, a book, you need to get into writing, and you ignored it. And it took something like this to say, no, you need to get out there and write and follow your path. So, but well done, because now officially you're a diva. <laughs> Thank you. And, you know, I mean, what a beautiful dog. I mean, this is somebody, something I can nick very easily. He's, uh, she's, is she or he? It's a she. She's a she. I could nick her beautifully. She is a soft, white, fluffy little dog that I'm sure would cuddle up on the lap beautifully. And, um, you know, I have a border collie. And so the, the two of them would go around, would look like the sheep herding dog and <laughs> a little mini version <laughs> of the sheep. Um, you know, we learn so much from animals. We really do. Um, and what I love seeing is the interaction between kids and animals because it's so honest. And again, we as adults learn a lot about that. I'm sure you have become such an inspiration to your children in doing this. Oh, thanks. Uh, they don't tell me that exactly, but uh, they are very supportive. They are very supportive about everything. Um, you know, maybe kids don't speak it, but their actions, <laughs> as, you know, their actions and support, I guarantee they're out there with their friends. You know, bragging about it because that's uh, how kids are. They they may forget to tell us, but they go and tell everybody else. (laughs) And you know, it's it it now you're giving them permission. Although you know, as I say, kids today don't really necessarily need it so much because they just go and do. But you have given them permission um, to go and follow their dreams, and you know, in their youth, dreams are going to change. You know, when when you look at a kid, one moment they want to fly, you know, into space and be an astronaut. The next moment they want to be, you know, an actor or in a circus. And we can't take that away from them by saying, no, you must settle on something. We must encourage those dreams because eventually they'll find something that becomes so meaningful to them that they will act on it. Yes, I tell them all the time. I should get you to talk to them too. (laughs) 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 Try this, try that. Why do you think about this? So, yeah, I I want them to to find their their own path and and try things. Yes. Uh, because you know we you know um, it, today when you're looking in the workforce now if you've got somebody working on the brain you're a neurosurgeon you really want them to be a specialist but you know <laughs> for most people out in the workforce today they like generalists they like people who have the adaptability to do a lot of things and uh, you know again things like books and 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 reading like this it helps kids to know that linearism and linearism in school is becoming obsolete because kids can learn so fast on so many levels at at you know at the same time that uh, our technique of teaching them is becoming obsolete and we need to catch up with them um in in order to engage them right i i agree i agree absolutely absolutely so having them, so do you encourage the kids to, um, you know, write their own little books and their own stories? Actually, they both write. They both write. Uh, my son has not shared with me his stories. I I know they're they're good because his friends are encouraging him, him to mm. write more because they want to know what happens next. Ah. So I think that's wonderful. But he's not willing to share it quite with me right yeah right now, and that's okay. And uh, my daughter writes stories all the time, and she actually suggests things to me, uh, what we should do next with the picture book, which I think is fabulous. Um, and uh, they write, and my son is very, like I said, very good at, with computers, and uh, he's looking into doing uh, an app for Take the Dog Out, and I think he actually can do it, and he's 14 years old. Oh, he yes. Just a, yeah. He just took a class at the, at the college this summer. So uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, out, so. yeah, and that what what a great thing for it. You know, we, they they say there's an app for everything. Uh, I go one step further and say I have a show for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I interviewed another um, author a while ago, um, Cheryl Fink, um, Cheryl Fink, 
and you know, oh, the, yes. and she's she's great, as you know. And you know what I loved about her? She was in corporate. You know, she was making good money. She was had a good job, but you know, the writer in her started as a child. And she always used to write little paperback books and things. But, of course, it was like, well, you'll never make money being a writer. Go and get a real job. And then, (laughs) you know, she was saying that she was in her car one day stuck in traffic. And this story was coming out of her that she was finding pieces of paper and eventually writing on her arm because she had to get the story out. And you know where she is now. Um, You know, would you feel that was you, you know, that... You know, that that writing has been in you always and just was looking for an avenue to come out and be true to itself? I think so. I, I adore Sherry Fink's, Fink's writing and, and her message. I think, it, I think it's wonderful. Um, yes, I, like I said, I'd, I'd been writing. All through my life, I'd been writing. And I think I wanted to write the book. But I remember in uh, my earlier days, there was a, I won't tell you what the job was, but there was a job I was applying for, and and someone I somewhat looked up to at the time was like, why you? Like, why would they want you? And at the time, it it made me angry, mm-hmm. but I think that stuck with me a little bit. And I can think of different things that happened through my life. Um, like someone, it was a, a, a person that was working on a movie, and they said, and I interacted with them, they said, well, are you writing your book? Me? Write a book? Oh, you know. And I think you you put yourself in a box because mm-hmm. that's what society expects. And you like, why am I so special? Why would I be special enough to do that? That those people do that. People like me don't. And that's not true. Everybody's special. Everybody. Just give yourself that that permission, that freedom to do it. That doesn't mean you're going to make a million dollars. That doesn't mean that you're going to be super famous, it just means that you can get your message out. And who knows, maybe you'll, you'll make a difference in one person's life. And that is so worth it, you know? Oh, I, I agree that, with that you. Difference. <clears throat> I mean, you know, the writer was in you, you know, all, all your life. My brother is an author. Um, he loved words you know, reading them, writing them from childhood. And I think, you know, this is something we need to recognize in our children. When we see that they have a talent uh, and a passion for something, we should nurture it and encourage it. You know, not, you know, uh, I mean, I've got family members, you know, where their children have had to go and do, you know, I'm not going to say what because in case they pick it up, but, you know, go to university, <laughs> study something to take over the family business when it wasn't anywhere near their passion or their dream. It's an expectation. And mm-hmm. we know that somewhere along the line that unhappiness of following that path is going to come back and bite them because it does when we're not living mm-hmm. our truth, not living our diva. So if we could recognize that passion in children and that gift that they have, and nurture it. You know, um, if they're a writer or if they're an artist or if they're a dancer, it may not be something they do for the rest of their life, but it may be something that becomes the foundation for what they're meant to do later in their lives. Yes, yeah, so true. And, you know, creativity is something that's in every child. We've just got to find what it is. You know, even when they say oh, nerds aren't creative, they're just at the computer writing programs all the time. Um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we, to us, it's, you know, like, you know, boring as hell, but it's incredibly creative for them because they're creating programs. So, you know, it's, we're all wired differently and we need to respect that, don't we? Absolutely. I agree. 100%. So, you know, you didn't envision yourself being this awful because you allowed somebody to put that doubt in your mind, which is another story in, you know, uh, in itself, a good lesson, is that we must not let other people's limitations impose on our possibilities. Mm-hmm. Right. But again, it might be that it was just not your time and the skills that you learned for everything else gave you that foundation to be able to do what you're doing now. Yes, I, I think you're right. There are a lot of steps with art writing, learning how to do it, and there's a lot of critiques along the way and a lot of a lot of uh, people you need to interact with to, to make those, whether it's editors and 
and agents or or uh, your beta readers or whomever. It just makes you a better writer and helps you get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes uh, criticism isn't criticizing, but a critique on how something can be presented better. And it's such a fine line, isn't it? It's all in the delivery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I've had some very gentle critiques and I've had some not so gentle yeah. <laughs> and of course we prefer the gentle yes you know <laughs> the polite um, you know I'm being dyslectic um, I write the way I speak and uh, sometimes you know things get a little back to front etc my brother is the writer and I used to write for his magazine and uh, he would go in and rewrite it And I said, but you can't do that. You know, do some editorial on it if it's really that bad, you know, grammar and this and that. But to go in and rewrite it in your light is to change the the meaning of it completely. And, uh, you know, it's, I think that as an editor is a very fine line of keeping true to the artist's word, but just perfecting it so that, you know, everything is properly in place, so to speak. You're right. You're right. You're right. And you have to take what they say and and their suggestions. And some of it, you can say, okay, I can see how that'll improve it, and you can work with it. But you don't have to accept all of it. Yeah. You know, everybody has an opinion, and uh, and go with an editor that that really is embracing of your style. You know, you're not. You know, you (laughs) you can't go with somebody you know who's uh, you know does uh, Stephen King type. You know, novels, and you're presenting a light-hearted children's story. You know, it's they're not on that wavelength. So choose an editor that really, you know, understands the demographic you're going through for, and you know what you're what you are trying to do here. Because sometimes they can, I think, overthink it or over over edit it and lose it. So you have yeah. to really you have to choose your editor, and and as you said. Take some critique because you think it better, but stand ground on something you know that needs to stay. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is your path now. You're going yes, to be writing a lot, more, a lot more books and you're being true to yourself now. Yes, I am. Yeah, this is, this is the way to go. I, I'm, I'm really happy with what I'm doing and I'm, I'm just uh, so thrilled how well things are going. Uh, and you can see how hungry... Um, you know, kids are for this type of thing. They can't get enough of it. I, I, I'm thrilled. I, you know, when you put something out like this, you have, you know, you, you can get people to, to, view, to critique it and give you their opinion. But until you really get it out into the world, there's no way for sure you, you know what's, what the reaction is going to be. And I was just thrilled that... Uh, well, you know, your your audience yeah. are the, your, your critics and, the, you know, the fact that it's, you know, was their favorite part of the whole year at school. Um, you know, it, it's a book that doesn't get thrown down on the floor, but read it again, Grandma, read it again. Um, <laughs> you know, then you know you've got a winner on your hands, right? And uh, that's your audience. It's not the parents, it's the children. And if the children want it read time and time again, or they want that book in their backpack when they go, you know, on a road trip. Um, you know, that's that's when you know you've got the winner. Oh, and it's such an honor because that's such a magical time for children. Mm. Everything is just starting to click, the words and the numbers, and it, it's just such a magical time. And the fact that for readers out there, some children out there, that I'm a part of that, that that's just uh, really special. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, conversations with children – um, and just letting them, you know, go. I mean, it's, I, I was at the hairdressers one time and my two kids were just sitting around in the reception. I was under the dryer and I saw my daughter talking to an older woman and she was about five at the time. And I came out of the dryer and I came over and I said, I'm sorry, is she bothering you? And she said, oh, no, my dear, no. She said, I'm in my 80s and I have never, ever been, uh, what she say, um, she didn't say interrogated, but <laughs> a similar <laughs> word, uh, by anybody in my life like this. But they're such profound questions. And well, there's my little five-year-old, you know. 
and and that's it when we let children go and just you know really go for it i mean it's it's wonderful that what comes out of them isn't it oh absolutely and in, in fact one of my most important data readers is 5 years she just turned 5 and i she is so helpful it's amazing and <laughs> i'll code her and say what do you think of this and she's like well I would change that and this and that. And I really love this. This is fun. And I'll maybe add this. And she is so right on with things. Uh-huh. It's amazing. And, and she, you know, that's, that's my demographic. That's who I'm going yeah. for, too. <laughs> exactly. And she is such a huge help. But know. imagine what you're doing for her. You're, you've given her permission to speak and you're listening and allowing her to be interactive in this decision making, imagine what confidence building that you're you're giving her there, that permission to have a word, you know, to be heard, not the old adage, you know, children should be seen and not heard. You know, you gave her a voice, and that is a gift in itself. Oh, that's beautiful. I hadn't thought about that, but she is she's excited about it, and I, you know, I put her name inside the book and the dead, you know, with the, the thank yous and all. I think she's she's enjoying that too you know know, there's so much we can learn from children if we just stopped being the adult you know and uh, you know and the you know we don't own our children we are custodians we're here to guide them nurture them and help them grow into everything they're meant to be so they may have a meaningful purposeful dignified life you know with respect of others um the cultures in their world we can teach that through books most certainly because I think that becomes something that really roots deep side of them but they also learn from how we treat each other and how we treat our children because they are sponges and I think very often the ugliness of society is reflected on our children um, because that's all they've been taught And they need, we need more positive out there. We them. do. We need more yeah. positive. We need more people speaking to a child and saying, give me your opinion. What do you <laughs> think? Because you, you've given that child such a gift to have a voice and not be afraid to speak it and valuing that voice. Because what do people want in the end? We want to be heard. We want to be seen. We want to be valued and respected for who we are and what we're contributing to the world. And if we could teach that, to our children while they're children we wouldn't have so many messed up adults good point so books is most certainly the way to go you know i i kind of get a little sad when um a you're seeing people hand their cell phones over to their babies now a electronically it's really bad for them you know their brains are developing and they're so close to all this electronic stuff and it's not good for them they need to be a bit older before you do that but mm-hmm. but also this there's something about a book in your hand turning a page uh you know the the feel of it the holding of it you know it's i've got a tablet and I've tried to read books from there, and I have to say, so far, I haven't been terribly successful because I still really like the book in my hand. Mm-hmm. And and I think that although it's great having things, you know, on a tablet and very convenient, and you can stack a lot of them on there, I still think that a child should actually have and hold and learn to value and respect that book, because the way they look after that book is also teaching them how to look after things in their life as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I, I agree. Even with with our book, I I love it on the e reader. It 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 looks fabulous, but to have it um, the paperback because it's so the pictures are so much larger, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's so nice to hold that, and you can see the details, and and it's 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 a good it's a good tool tool for kids to be able yeah. to hold that in their hand and and really uh, enjoy their book and carry it around with them. And, you know, this is a kind of a great gift, um, you know, for, for grandma to give to the kids or for a kid to give grandma. You know, this is a special book I want you to read to me or grandpa, you know, and, and uh, you know, make it something that becomes that special time. And, you know, when the kid either wants to curl up by your feet or next to you on the couch or sit on your lap, you know, and uh, let's do it again. 
you know, and let's let's read it again. Because it's not just you reading and them listening. It's that interaction, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yes. And they, and they learn so much from that. And that's so special, that connection. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's not just reading to, it's inviting in and, you know, becoming part of that journey and allowing the kids to be a part of that journey as well. So obviously, um, you know, Take the Dog Out has been out for a while. Numbers has been out for a while now? It came out, I believe, in May. So um, it's, I I imagine, caught up with um, Take the Dogs Out and doing just as well. I'm thrilled to say they're they're both on the children's bestseller list for Amazon right now. So I'm I'm really happy with that. Well, you know, which, you know, tells you that, uh, you know, for all these electronics and TV and everything else, uh, you know, there's nothing to beat a good book. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's in paperback and it's an uh, any book and uh, it's just getting that information out, regardless of how they want how it's, yeah. it's good. You know, they get it. Just the fact that they can get that information out and they can enjoy it and they can read and and. When you're saying about sitting with grandma and reading, and with these books, I get these messages. It's not grandma reading to them; they're reading to grandma mm-hmm. because now they can they can start to pick up these words, and they're very proud that they can read that. Yes, you know, and that's uh, that's it becomes something very them. special and and very bonding. You know, like you know, telling stories to your children or reading to them, and then having them, you know, come back and and you know, even just open up a page and, and just pick on something and, you know, the right word. Um, you know, it's it makes them feel so interactive. And, you know, again, it's it's so very, very important um, that our children know, not just know how to read, but love reading. Because you want them to have that for the rest of their life because it is something that will keep that diva alive. You know, keep the imagination alive. And always with that, we always are opening up our possibilities. Because when you read something, even if it's far out um, and, you know, very either supernatural or very spacey or whatever, you're in that story and you're in completely in plain what's going on. When you put that book down, you think, okay, this can't happen now. You know, Scotty can't be me up right now. <laughs> But who knows what's in our future? Look 20, 30 years. Cell phones that are now computers. You know, the right. computers used to be a city block. You know, now we can carry that same information in a phone. And, okay. you know, we are, we are limitless. Um, you know, and that is because of that imagination. And if we didn't have that imagination and constantly believing in, well, let's make it possible... Uh, where would we be as a society? So keeping that imagination alive is so very, very important, and books is always the catalyst to that. Wonderful. So we have numbers. Um, sorry, what was the next one that you were going into? The one, Colors. One Colors. And when, Colors. Do, when do we expect to see that? I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully soon, but we're we're just getting started on it right now. So we'll see how fast uh, Mandy can create her artwork. Right. Um, so a 2015 book. <laughs> I'm hoping before that, but but I'm not sure. So It'd be nice as a Christmas a wonderful book. Artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I can see the drawings. I mean, when you look at the dog and you look at the picture of the dog, you can really see. You know, it's not just a picture of a dog. You can capture the character of the dog there. You know, you can really see almost like it's going to jump off the page. So, you know, that's, um, you know, that's, that's really an artist that truly understands the interactiveness of art and not just it's a pretty thing on the wall. Um, and that makes a big difference because she brings your words to life. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. She's, uh, I'm just so thrilled to have met her and to have her as a friend and have her working on this. It's, Teamwork. It's meant to be, I think. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And when you find that person that has that synergy with you, you know, you're fractalized with them and it really works. So, um, you know, that's what brings the whole picture, so to speak, um, to the table. So you've, you're keeping up with the children's books. You have this. What is the age group of the other book that you're working on? The middle grade. Mm-hmm. 
that's for 8 through 12. Okay. And do you know what, um, what is that about? Actually, I'm, I'm keep, kind of keeping that one under wraps. Right oh. <laughs> um, but it's, it's along a fantasy line. Um, and I've had some, some good, uh, good input for it. And I was working with a wonderful development uh, editor. But I, like I said, I, I actually, I, I didn't want to stop on it. But for Take the Dog Out series, I had to. I just, yeah. I have to put the, my children first. And then, you know, they have to come first. And, and then with the writing, and there's just not enough hours in the day at the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt bad. I, I was talking to my husband. I actually cried. I'm like, I have to stop. <laughs> right now. It's just based on enough time. But once I think we get out, everything settled here with colors, and I'm, I'm hoping I can get back to that and, and hopefully get it out soon because I'm, I'm excited about it. So. Well, you'll have to come back on the air next year when you've got the book out and tell us all about it because now you've got us intrigued oh. and uh, and we don't know what it's about. So therefore, there's a mystery. <laughs> and that immediately gets the excitement going because we always want to know what we don't know. <laughs> so, and, and that's what you say, the A12 dem- demographic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my brother has uh, written many, many, many novels through his life, but the age group that he ended up really loving and doing was the, the you know, the teenage age group. And, you know, they're they coming into the young love and the adventure. Um, he's just done a wonderful series, which he actually based here in Canada. And, uh, you know, as an adult, you know, we read it from a different perspective. But, you know, from a, a youth person, it's always it's always about, that kind of coming of age, but facing, you know, the challenges and the adventure and, of course, a love story in there. And and he also had a dog in the books. <laughs> and he said the hardest thing, because they were being chased and they were being hunted and all of that, the hardest thing was keeping the dog alive. <laughs> but, but he knew that there was no way he could kill off the dog and have anyone ever speak to him again. So... <laughs> That's right. That's right. You have to keep the dog safe. Absolutely. Um, but he's very dedicated to his art. You know, for him, it's 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 his truth. And so, when he's very disciplined when he writes, um, I, people keep asking me when I'm going to write a book, and you know, I think it's going to have to be an audio and transcribed because, um, you know, I haven't got that kind of discipline to writing a book because it it does require that, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And I think you should do it. That would be wonderful. I think I'll, I'll do an audiobook and then have it transcribed into a, a book book because I think that's better for me. I'm very much a person that's in my now. And uh, um, when I can write short articles. I'm fine with that, but I'm just not a, a long writer. So I'm meant to have written two by now, but I haven't as yet. So I guess it will come, right? <laughs> when right. when the time right. is right. So, But, uh, you know... Um, a lot of people I interview have have written books and, and some of them are absolutely great. You know, the, the author has come out of them. And, you know, in some of them it becomes more of a manual. Um, and, you know, if, if you like that type of thing, that's great. But for me, I love a story. I love learning through books about life, about things, but through a storyline where you can really get attached to the characters and, you know, you take on the persona of one of the characters and then you take that journey that that character is doing. Um, there was a lovely author going way back, R.F. Delderfield, and he wrote A Horseman Riding By. And it's about a guy who comes back from the Boer War, sells his um, uh, steel factory and buys, um, you know, a valley you know, farms and things and becomes a squire of this valley. And now it takes you all the way up to the mid-60s of how that valley was changed through the two wars and society. And it became the most wonderful education of that time, but told in a story of a family, of losses, of gains, of everything else. And I think that's a wonderful way for people to learn history. Absolutely. It's so much more interesting than... I, I, I have difficulty just sitting and reading history, but a situation like that, yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Until you're living through it yourself. Exactly. And, you know, that's what makes it uh, more personal, isn't it? You know, when you, yeah. when, uh, I mean, that's why the kids love your book so much is that, you know, they feel they can pet the dog. 
you know, and they feel that Coco is their dog, even if it's only on the page. And, mm. uh, you know, and the Coco and the cats, you know, the counting, the numbers. And uh, so in colors, what are you going to have? Is, are there going to be animals in that? Uh, yes. Um, we'll have animals and we'll have children. They're on their picnic. And uh, I had, I don't have the study right now, but I had, uh, I read a study uh, from a, a college about how ch- the young children had, a, had difficulty with some of their colors. And the parents thought, well, yes, they know their colors. But when they had to sit down and just look at the color, which one's blue, which one's green, which is, they did have a little bit of confusion. And they said, from what I took from the, from the study, is when a lot of times when children learn their colors, it's red ball yellow duck, green tractor, and they associate these colors with these objects. And I thought, you know, I never considered that before, but that's true. And I thought, what if I do the colors book, but there's one page that is just that color with that word, nothing else to confuse it. Right. And we're still telling a story. In the next page, then we have objects that are those colors. But... The first one, it's, there's no confusion. That's what's, what the word is, and that's what the color is. There's no confusion. We're not mixing up with a bunch of little objects for them to find. Then go on with the story and then pull those colors in that they can find. So that's, that's what we're trying to do with the colors book. Right. So Instead of, yeah. And then kids looking at tractors. No, it can't be a tractor because it's not green. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what you're doing is in that software that you're writing in their brain there, um, you know, you're letting them know that color can be anything. So embrace the color first and then where all these colors can go and yeah. how much they're repeated. So instead of dictating that this is this color. Um, you know, it's embrace the color for what it is, which I think is a much, 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 much better idea. Because now they start looking for that color in everything around them and realize how many times it's repeated instead of just looking for the green chapter. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. Opening up their minds, wonderful. And so you can't think further ahead than the colors. So the colors is the next one, but I'm sure there'll be more after that. Yes, Mandy and I have a list. <laughs> We're going <laughs> one by one. Yes, one and that's one. the way to do it. And, of course, then the kids will just keep buying the series. And, uh, and you know, even when they outgrow them, because they're now going into, you know, obviously, you know, bigger, um, more complex things, it, it, I always find, even with my own children, I couldn't give the books away. They wanted to keep them, the keepsakes, um, because there's such happy memories attached to that book that they don't want to see that book go anywhere. It's got to stay there on the shelf. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's nice as well. But it's also nice then also to maybe even encourage the kids, okay, this book's giving you so much joy. How about handing it down to another child now that can't afford the book? Although your book is incredibly inexpensive and very, very affordable for anyone to buy. Thank you. On that note, would you please let people know how they can buy the book and how they can get to your site? Oh, yes. Uh, the paperback and the ebook are available on Amazon. It's Take the Dog Out and Numbers Take the Dog Out. And my website is takethedogout.com. And your Facebook is also the same Facebook, Take the Dog Out. And so yeah. people can follow you on there as well. And, um, you know, Coco the Celebrity. Um, <laughs> is she receiving bones? <laughs> <laughs> Do they turn up at her door? <laughs> you know what? No, because she is a, such a little princess, she won't even chew on bones. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. She, she, she's the other kind of diva. She'll take it and hide it behind furniture, but she never chews on them. Ah, Yes, mine likes to bury them in my bed <laughs> oh. <laughs> or in the couch. <laughs> so she's, she's the other kind of diva then. So oh, a, yeah. little, a little prima donna there, so she knows. So, uh, you know, walking down the street with her head up and her hair up in the sky with the tail, right? Like, you know, look at me. <laughs> <I'm Coco. laughs> um, but, you know, adorable. And, um, you know, I mean, this is dogs are, and cats are with us for such a short time when we look at, you know, the length of life. And, you know, this is the way that Coco is going to live on forever. 
and you know be something that whenever you look at a book is going to be such pride in knowing that she's the one that was that catalyst for you oh thank you thank you and we never know where it's going to come from do we no no you don't so the moral of the story is honor your gift don't put it off don't wait until you have an an aneurysm um (laughs) you know and, and if it's if it's what really ignites your heart and your spirit and feeds your soul and opens your mind it means you're meant to do it and you're on the right path now you're not just sending a great message with your books but you're sending a great message out to people to be true to their calling and uh, you know don't put off for tomorrow because today is the gift of the present so you know live in that moment now because this is what life is about it's about the now and what we do in the now dictates our past whether it's a happy past or a miserable one, but it also lays the ground for our, our tomorrows. And so you've, you've got some wonderful tomorrows ahead of you because you're enjoying your today. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. So thank you very much for coming on the air and for writing such great books. I don't have grandkids yet. I've got grandpuppies um, <laughs> that chew furniture and chew walls. <laughs> 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 believe me there could be a story about that one <laughs> and what's he chewing today <laughs> what number are we up to um but uh you know and one day the grandchildren will be there we will say by that time i'll be in the wheelchair and holding the baby because my kids are taking so long but when the time is right and definitely these books will be up and i'll be looking forward to you know being that grandma with a, a grandkid on my lap and and as reading the story to each other so thank you for doing that and uh, please let me know when the next book is out and your other book is out i'll have I'd love you to have come back with the the mystery one and tell us all about that as well i would love to do that that would be wonderful well thank you very very much and to everybody else remember reading is the way of keeping your imagination going you know celebrate your child's diva help them you know let them help you find your own diva in in your own self and you know children are here to teach us as much as we are to guide and teach them so let the reading begin because that's how we keep the imagination alive until next time folks please be kind to yourself